Welcome to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Come dive into today's episode sponsored by the Patriotic Mermaid. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I am Patty Catter, and I have a very special guest today. I have Robert, it's Grigor, right? Grigor. <laughs> so, Robert, I would love it if you would tell our listeners a little bit about where you're from and how you grew up. I'd like our listeners to connect with the guest right away. For sure. Um, thank you, for the way, by the way, for having me on the show and for letting me be in your ears, listeners. Um, so I grew up in a very small rural town in Ontario, Canada, where nobody's ever heard of before. It's called West Lauren. And um, I uh, had quite an influence. I was uh, born into a upper middle class childhood. So I kind of had all the stuff that I needed, nothing really extravagant, but nothing, um, you know, I, I certainly had all the clothes I needed and food. And I even got the car that I wanted uh, to drive when I first turned of age. But uh, I also grew up with um, a lot of emotional neglect, emotional, um, I was lacking guidance emotionally and um, I was bullied a lot actually. So that's, uh, that's a big part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I try to advocate against cyberbullying. Um, even as adults, we have that. Now you are a world-class mental health care expert and I know you have a lot of experience with EMDR. So I'd like to have you tell our audience what EMDR is, first of all. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. So um, EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. It's a long name, so we just use the acronym EMDR. And what, what it does is it's a full psychological approach to healing trauma and um, it's classically was designed for war veterans from Vietnam. And um, it's also been ex uh, expanded to work with all different types of uh, presentations, any kind of anxiety, any kind of depressive symptoms, you name it, EMDR can probably do it. Hmm. What EMDR does in a nutshell is it's a very, very fast approach to uh, working through the neurological systems in your brain that are affected due to traumatic incidences, um, such as war, it could be a car crash. Those are the classical kind of things, rape, you know, those big, um, big T traumas, but also smaller T traumas too, like bullying. If it, like mine was very um, uh, subtle bullying. I was covert bullying. I wasn't always, I was never beat up but I was always called names and over time that builds up and it creates a, a really distressing uh, viewpoint of yourself. So EMDR works to eliminate the early um, patterns in your brain that are formed and it works on the physiological, the neurological, the emotional, and even the spiritual, if you believe in that level, so it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide to go into mental health care? Was it the fact that you were bullied and you had to overcome that, I'm guessing? Or am I totally off here? No, you got it. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, I, uh, I wanted to understand myself. I, at a very young age, I, 
I hated myself. I hated who I was. I hated the lifestyle that I had. I hated my body. I hated everything about me was basically on my hit my my hate list. And um, I wanted to understand myself and really wanted to understand uh, why I was here. Why was I in this pain, in this suffering? And like many therapists, I could I think I can say that broadly that most of us get into the field because we want to understand ourselves and kind of heal ourselves. So that was certainly the the approach. And uh, I, I loved following the classics. Irving Yalam, of course, was uh, introduced to Freud early on, which is pretty classic. And then um, the different types of therapists that viewed long-term treatment as the kind of the goal. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly why you're right. Was there a specific trigger that made you say, okay, this is enough or was it compiled? Um, to get into therapy or to mm-hmm. just to start dabbling into, um, I guess, deciding that you were going to, um, get into mental health care. Well, that was, it was, it was a lot of things. My, my, my mother had some psychology books, um, on her bookshelf and I found that interesting. We always talked about um, kind of analyzed people, which really isn't a good thing to do now that I'm <laughs> looking back on it, but, you know, I was doing that. And, uh, it, it, it actually was never in the forefront. I didn't know that I wanted to be a therapist. I, I went into, uh, first I went into graphic communications management, which is basically learning how to operate a printing press. That's where I wow. went first, like totally different. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I completely, uh, drank away my first year of university and just party. Didn't care at all about that course after the first semester, uh, which is really what I needed to do. Um, and then I ended up finding philosophy and I fell in love with existentialism and you know asking those big questions. Why am I here? What is my life's purpose? What is this responsibility that I have for my life? So, and then psychology kind of came on the heels of that. So it was a really gradual process for me actually getting into that. Mm-hmm. So um, what do you do right now? If someone were to ask you, because I'm looking at this huge bio <laughs> and there's so much, um, you know, you talk about different things in your bio um, that we'll address in a moment, but what today are you doing in the mental health care field? That's a great question. And, you know, I've, I've got a lot of titles and um, what I really consider myself now to be is an alchemist, which means that I don't turn metals into gold. What I'm turning is I'm, I'm identifying my clients' worst fears, their deepest pain, and I'm transforming that experience into their greatest love. I'm helping my clients to reach self-actualization at an incredibly rapid pace, because I believe that right there, that's the time when our life's mission really begins. Mm-hmm. So when you offer EMDR, do you, it sounds like you offer counseling hand in hand with that. Yeah. Well, EMDR for me is, is, is counseling, but I also I incorporate so much into my approach with my clients. Um, it's an accelerated approach, which really we're talking days instead of spending Mm -hmm. years and decades in therapy, we're doing this in days, Mm -hmm. one weekend. Do you have a practice or can people 
um, contact you? Could you do web conferences? Do you take health insurance or is it privatized? Well, it's definitely yes, privatized here. And uh, what I would recommend if anybody's interested is to just contact me directly and we'll talk about it. My physical practice is located in Vancouver. And um, prior to the pandemic, what people were doing was they were flying over and we'd have a really amazing weekend in Whistler, uh, which is one of the most beautiful areas in, in BC. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, we've all had to adapt a little bit due to the times. Mm -hmm. And that's hard, too. I think that with the pandemic, it is playing a huge role in depression right now. So I do believe that more people could use your services. Um, funny thing is a tiny off topic, but still on mental health care. I've talked to several people over the last week who said, you know, they still are connected with their friends and family. And there's still some of them having in-person get-togethers um, just on a much smaller level than they were doing before, but they still feel lonely. Mm. And I, I kind of wonder, I have several philosophies we can talk about later. Um, <laughs> I love to hear it. <laughs> but I kind of wonder um, how this is going to play out in the long run on mental health care with many people and about suicide rates and things mm. like that. Um, now yeah. you, you work with children too, and I'm kind of curious about that because it seems like that would be a little bit harder. I'm assuming you definitely have to have the parent's permission and the parent arranges that with you. Um, but how do you find that different than working with adults? Well, um, I do have some expertise, um, some training working with children. It's not my, uh, favorite thing to do. It's not my, what I would consider what I'm really driven to do. Mm -hmm. So if I have children involved, I may work with them, but I may also um, bring in another expert to work with the child. And, um, but here's the thing, the parents would obviously be involved to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very important aspect of it. I treat the entire family mm -hmm. because it's, you know, the child's issue is often the parents, it's manifesting from the parent's issue. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I think about um, mental health, when I think about the, the culture and the family, it's not just the immediate family, you know, mom, dad, or extended family. We're talking the entire legacy of this family line. It's going back generations and generations and generations, because that's where the negative beliefs first start. There's so many traumas that happen in our lineage that if we don't really address the real deep roots, then there's patterns that are going to continue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I definitely think it's generational. Uh, interesting. I read one time that it can even sometimes be passed down into DNA with yes. um, different types of things. So that's very interesting to me, too. Um, yeah. especially considering the military veterans, many of them have past generations of military veterans in their family. So that's especially interesting to me because I do deal with a lot of veterans. Um, yeah. now I'd like to just kind of talk about how someone can replace negative thoughts with positive thoughts, because I absolutely love that about you. You talk about, uh, just past negative self-beliefs and how we can overcome that with better outlook. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I feel, I feel like these are just the nuggets and there's so much we could expand on with all of these topics. So I'm so yes. excited to be here to have this conversation mm-hmm. with you. Uh, so when, it, when we talk about negative beliefs and positive beliefs, there's what's really happening in the brain is the brain is creating two separate neurological sequences. Right. We have, let's, let's say, uh, I don't matter is one negative belief system. And this is created by, um, you know, maybe mom and dad yelling at you as a child. Maybe, you know, there's some abuse and who knows what would happen um, or neglect. And sometimes in my case, and then you have this other positive beliefs that you develop over time in your adult life. And, um, you know, that I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a therapist and I've got my degrees and I've got all these accolades. But until you do the work, they're, they're going to operate in two semi-separate lanes in your brain. And that's why you, on one level, your logical, most you know, um, analytical adult part of your brain thinks, oh, yeah, I'm completely valuable. I know I'm valuable, for sure. But when we experience a distressing feeling, in some events that's present, it could trigger the negative system from the past. And then all of a sudden, I don't feel like I'm, uh, how old am I, 36, I think, um, 37, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll start to feel like I'm seven or mm-hmm. 11. Mm-hmm. So to repl- it's not really replacing the negative belief. What we're doing with, with my treatment is we're eliminating the, ne- the negative belief altogether it doesn't even exist anymore and then the positive beliefs just takes over hmm. that's really interesting because i was recently talking to a friend that said um he had imposter syndrome sometimes and it sounds just like what you're talking about it's one of the most common things that i deal with is imposter syndrome at some point, most of us have experienced that in some way. We're, and this always happens. You know, I, I tend to work with entrepreneurs and um, high-level uh, leaders in, in business or in uh, entertainment, et cetera. I work with these people. And at some point, you know, every time we level up our, our position in our company or position in our life, position in just how we see ourselves, we come up against these little or maybe not so little, but these mental ceilings that really challenge us to step into something bigger. And unless you clear that fear, what's really underlying the, the imposter syndrome, like maybe I don't belong here, I'm not good enough, or maybe, I, maybe I'll fail at this if I try it. Mm-hmm. If we don't eliminate that stuff, we're going to keep feeling that every time we go up. So it's very, very, very common. Mm-hmm. Now, what would a therapy session look like with you? And do you call it a therapy session? What do you call it? Uh, yeah, I, I, to me, the names don't really matter as much. It's, it's a, it is, for me, it is a very spiritual experience. We are, I'm connecting with my client soul to soul level. And we're going to places that that person probably has never gone before. Um, and they look very different. You know, the classical therapy session, we're looking at, you know, 60 minutes or so. And, um, you know, very classically, the client would lay down like in Freud's days, but, you know, usually they'd be sitting up in a chair and just sort of talking. And I actually did that for many years 
But what it looks like now for me is very intense. We're looking at five hours or so per day, three days in a row is my average for clients. Sometimes it's earlier or quicker than that. Sometimes it's a bit longer, another day or so. Um, but we're talking very, very, very fast. And, you know, really the, the weird thing is, is, you know, half of my clients leave totally exhausted because it was a very intense day. Mm-hmm. And then half leave so energized because they've just taken this massive boulder off their backs. Mm-hmm. And they say, Robert, I'm going to go for a run. Like, okay. Go wow. Wow. Um, so how would somebody contact you if they wanted to, um, have some of your services or receive therapy from you? For sure. Um, you can go to my website, grigorcounseling.com. Um, that's Canadian counseling. So there's two L's in there and, uh, you can reach out to me that way and book, um, either a, a consultation or send me an email and we can connect that way. Okay. I'll definitely be putting that on the social media too. So if you're listening, um, you'll see it on social media. If you're watching the video, you'll see this on the video too. Um, now, Robert, what is some advice for somebody who's been thinking about trying some type of therapy, but they're really nervous to open up because even I know, like for me, it's very hard to open up to people. And so, what would you say to somebody who's been really struggling with some things and they should really receive counseling and they know it, uh, but they don't really know how to go about it or what to expect? What would, what should we expect from you? That's a great question. I, my first inclination is just do it. Just do it. Just reach out. Just make that phone call. Just make, send that email. Um, we're always, I should say, for the most part, most of us are afraid to try something new. We're all afraid of the unknown. Like we don't know what's going to happen. But you know, I you can look into a, a resource. Is actually my book. I've written a book called "You Need Therapy," kind of tongue in cheek because I think we all need therapy. And it talks about the stages of you know, how to reach out to an EMDR therapist and what it's really about. So if you educate yourself a little bit about what's going to happen in the therapy world in the in that room with your client or across the screen nowadays you're gonna kind of ask the wage a little bit of that anxiety you kind of know what to expect a good therapist is there to hold the space for you they want to know you they want to get you better they this is why they got into the field um and at the very bottom at every single decision that we make in life, you make that decision either with fear or with love. Mm-hmm. So you got to follow your heart. Is your heart telling you to go and see this person? If so, then do it. If you want some guidance as to how to do it, you can call me. I'll, I'll, I'll send you uh, some guidance or you can pick up my book. It's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. And with most counseling, um, they say it is confidential. So I'm oh, yeah. assuming that that would be a given that it, your services are confidential. Um, and I guess that the, what is something that you'd like to leave our listeners? I'm going to put you on the spot. What is something that you would like to leave with them? Um, just to maybe, I don't know if you want to like a little note of encouragement or, um, just something. Yeah. You know, what's coming to me right now is that you are so much stronger 
than you might feel. And you have so much potential that you can, you can actually accomplish. And if you follow your heart, you will lead, it will lead you to the right pathway for you. And everybody has got something. I'll tell you that, you know, hand to heart, everybody, I've never met anybody that hasn't had something from their past. I believe we, nobody leaves, nobody escapes childhood unscathed. There's always something. And then there's life after that too. And there's all kinds of stuff that happens to us. So there's absolutely zero shame in actually improving yourself. That's what we're here for. And in this lifetime, we're here to grow, to shed our traumas and our negative experiences, to accomplish our missions in life. And then when we're at the top, we got to help other people. So get going because there's a lot of work to do, where you can, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Love it. Okay. And again, your website? GregorCounseling.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Gregor Counseling. You can find me on Twitter at InfoGregor, Facebook Gregor Counseling. Uh, so you just type Gregor Counseling in, your, in Google and my name will pop up. I love it. Thank you, Robert, for being on the show. I think I'd like to have you on again to talk more specifically about EMDR. Um, I was totally wrong about what it was. I actually, for some reason, I thought you had to have some electric devices hooked up to your head and (laughs) a screen in front of you, flashing objects. I don't know. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) it looks very strange. Um, And there's some, some of that you'll, you'll see, but classically that therapist is waving their hand back and forth in front of your face. And it looks a little bit like hypnosis. It's not, but it, it's weird. Here's the thing. It's weird, but it works. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to hear more about it. And I've seen scientific proof that it works. So, oh yeah. um, I, I do believe that. So thank you again, Robert. And thank you everybody for listening and make sure you check out Robert's website. And again, we'll have that posted on our social media. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much, Patty. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thanks for all that you do. Sponsored by the Patriotic Mermaid. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. For more information and updates, check out www.pattycatter.com or thepatrioticmermaid.com. Also, make sure to drop us a follow on Instagram at Wake Up with Patty Catter and at The Patriotic Mermaid. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, take care.